All right. Going live right now. Double standards everywhere. Pope Francis, Altman, Liturgy, TLM. Right before I went live, what? Elizabeth joined me. How are you? Hi. Just wanted to come in and say hi to everybody. Looking for your birthday card. You didn't find it? All right. It was in the living room, I think. Okay. All right. Love you. Bye. All right, now we get started. Double standards. Double standards everywhere. You know, you saw this priest, Monsignor Burrow, who was on the Grinder app almost every day for the last several years. He's in the same diocese as Father Altman. Father Altman is suspended, getting kicked out of his house. His life is made miserable. And then this other priest, who is a Monsignor, General Secretary of the USCCB until he got canned or resigned this past week. He has no restrictions on him. And this guy is on a sodomy app every day. Meanwhile, we got Pope Francis dropping nuclear bombs on the traditional Latin mass and calling for restrictions when the Novus Ordo has never been more off the chain. People say, oh, oh. That was in the 80s. We got it fixed. No, I'm going to show you some clips today. We're going to have a little video. I know y'all like when I show the clips. Remember when I did the uh, the video of uh, God just called me so ordain a lady? Y'all like that. We're going to look at some stuff like that going on right now in the Novus Ordo. And my question is, where's the mode appropriate restricting this nonsense? There's also another double standard. Pope Francis is always talking about synodality, patience, mercy, consultation, accompaniment, no unilateral moves. And yet when it comes to the motu proprio, traditionis custodis, it was a decree. It was a dictate. He didn't consult. He didn't accompany. He didn't do any of that. So it's all hot air, and it's a major double standard. I was talking to Father Altman just minutes before going live, and he has a little statement regarding this, and I'm going to share it with you today, a text, um, especially regarding the Monsignor Burl, the grinder priest thing that's in the same diocese. So I'll share that with you too. So lots of good stuff coming up on this Monday. And let's pray the Our Father in Latin, and then we will get into it. Also, we'll update on traditional Latin masses across the world. Oremus. In nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, quia in Celi, Sancti Viceter Nomen Tuum, Advenia Regnum Tuum, Fiat Voluntas Tua, Sicut in Cielo et in Terra, Panem Nostrum Quotidianum da Nobis Odiae, et emite Nobis Debita Nostra, Sicut et nos dimittimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Nomine Patris et Fidei et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. I mentioned last week, many of you have been asking for me to record um, the entire rosary in Latin, and I started recording that last week. So it will be coming out. So if you want to get that free video, be on here on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe. So hit the subscribe button, like the video, subscribe, and hit the dinghy bell. And when you hit the dinghy bell, 
you will be notified when new videos come out. Make sure, by the way, that you still are subscribed. YouTube sometimes uh, changes all that. You can also hit the subscribe button in the bottom right corner. Also, please like the video, share the video on Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe. Really appreciate that. YouTube doesn't help uh, traditional Catholic YouTubers in their algorithm, so you are my algorithm. I count on you to share and uh, get these videos out there. Okay, I'm going to share with you some things going on in liturgy. We're a little over a week out from the motu proprio coming out, restricting the traditional Latin Mass. And it's actually backfired. The traditional Latin Mass is blowing up. I have been hearing from people from Europe and from the United States of America saying how full their traditional Latin Masses have been the last two Sundays, and especially this Sunday. I was at Latin Mass yesterday. It was a low Mass. There was the church full. We got there, our family got there 30 minutes early in order for our young people to go to confession. I got five teenagers to go to confession, to get a pew, because there's a lot of us. We had to get there 30 minutes early. We did get a pew. But then, as the church filled, then they filled up the parish hall. And then there's still people, it seems, overflowing. The confession line was over one hour long. I mean, this is, the growth is amazing. I heard the other masses were full too. I've heard other places already starting to double people coming. So the traditional Latin mass, even some places they said we saw 10 or 15 new people. That's great. And I also want to challenge everyone watching, invite again. Last week I said invite five people to the traditional Latin mass this Sunday. Do it again. Five new people. Yeah, but what if they say no? So they say no. Maybe one or two will come. Invite five new people. And when you're at the traditional Latin Mass, look around afterward or before, not during, and find a new person and make them feel welcome. We have to be the salt and the light. We have to be the love, the charity. We have to be the welcoming crew. We're going to grow this. We're going to double it by Christmas. There needs to be charity, love, welcome. Yes, it's the sacrifice of the Mass, but we also there's a lot of people who are new, nervous, don't know what to do. Let's be, let's be the ones that help them. Now, our traditional Latin Mass, which has been basically unchanged since about the year A.D., the year of our Lord, 380. 380. How do we know that? We have some early references, Pope Damasus, St. Ambrose, St. Augustine, of what the Latin Mass was like. By the time we get to 600 with Gregory the Great, Gregory the Great does make a couple of additions to the Roman canon, and after that it is sealed. The Roman canon is set. And then over time there are um, some, some natural developments over time made by saints and popes to the traditional Latin Mass. I'll give you two examples, one of which is the Agnus Dei, the Lamb of God who take us away the sins of the world. That was added, I believe, you know, the three Agnus Dei with the responses. That was added, I believe, around 600, 700. I have to look it up. Maybe, maybe 800. I can't quite remember, but it's right in that area. 
Um, another one that happens really more at the turn of the millennium are the offertory prayers in the Roman Rite. Those are developments. But again, these are gradual and careful and made by saints. It's nothing as radical as what you saw in 1969 or 1970. All right. These, this mass and even the readings, the one-year lecture, lectionary are ancient. The Holy Week, pre-55, not 1962, is ancient. So this is being regulated, but other nonsense is not being regulated. Now, let me show you something here. I'm going to switch screens here. Oh, good. It's all queued up. I love it when a plan comes together. Now, look at this nonsense. This happened in uh, June 13th, 2021. So don't tell me this was all in the 70s or 80s. This is last month. Look at this. <laughs> Look at the, look at the, can I call these men priests? Up on the altar, dancing like it's a rape. After watching that video, our conclusion would be what? The traditional Latin mass is bad. We need to restrict it. And, and this is okay? This nonsense has been going on for 50 years. And occasionally you'll hear a little bit of, oh, we need to have reverent novus ordos. We need to infuse reverence into it. Let me ask you this. If you constantly have to harp on it being made reverent, maybe there's a fundamental problem with it since it's executed globally in over 50 years in a way that is irreverent. I know there are reverent ones. I know there are Novus Ordos that are ad orientum, communion on the tongue, altar rails. Don't fill up the comments telling me that because I already know it. It's called the unicorn. In fact, I think... I may have come up with the term unicorn Novus Ordo. Yeah, I think, could I put eight conditions out way back two years ago, three years ago? There's eight conditions on the unicorn. Ad Orientum, in Latin, communion in the hand, altar rails, no Eucharistic ministers, and there was a few others. I know that's out there, but it's so rare. It's like finding a unicorn. Here's another one. Let me, let me cue up another one for you. This is also recent. I think it is in July. Let me get the sound on. Oh, hold up. Here we go. Yep, here we go. This is in Ireland. The one I just showed you is France. This is Ireland. They're singing Sweet Caroline, written by Neil Diamond, uh, a Jewish man singing about his girlfriend. And here we are in church.
Pause. Tabernacle. What is that on the side? I don't know what's going on. There's not a there's there's a crucifix over in the corner. And this the the caption here says, "Novus Ordo Mass besides my beside my house in Ireland." Notice the rainbow thing behind the altar that replaced the cross. My video just before bishops banned mass for practically a year. Tabernacle on the sideline, no crucifix. Neil Diamond in the house. I mean, guys, girls, this is a double standard. This is a double standard. We are in an abusive relationship with the papacy and with the Holy See. We, they are gaslighting us and they are applying double standards to us. We are being told that the traditional mass of the ages does not conform to Vatican II and is dangerous and that it's divisive. But this nonsense can continue to go on. This. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is an abusive relationship. Now people say, yeah, but Taylor, you're like dividing the church. Look, I'm not dividing the church. I'm not dividing anyone. I'm telling you every single week, stay in Holy Mother Church. You do not survive the flood if you jump off of Noah's Ark. You stay in the Ark. But we can also, according to Canon 212, say there are some crazy people up at the, the pilot level in this ship. And they're telling us to do things that are spiritually dangerous, like attend this mass, but don't attend the traditional Latin Mass. Restrict. Restricted. And any priest who was born after that motu proprio cannot say the traditional Latin Mass unless he gets a super faculty permission from Rome itself. Mm -mm. That's a double standard. That's gaslighting. And this is an abusive relationship between the Holy See, the priest, and the lay people. It's abusive. And if you're one running cover for the people doing this, you're an enabler in an abusive relationship. Now, right before I went live, someone shared an excellent video by Complicit Clergy. I want to share that with you. I don't want to show the whole thing because it's their video and I want you to go watch their video. So here it is, Complicit Clergy on YouTube. It's called Novus Ordo Vers Trinitin. I'm just going to show you a little bit here. Oops. Mass or Novus Ordo. 
Since that time, the world has seen the following in the Vatican II churches, which celebrate the new mass or Novus Ordo. The world has seen clown masses in which the, quote, priest dresses as a clown in utter mockery of God. The world has seen priests dress as Dracula in football jerseys accompanied by cheerleaders as a cheesehead. There have been disco masses, gymnastic performances during the new mass, balloon masses, carnival masses, I mean, this is nude masses, at which scantily clad or nude people take part. And we have seen juggling masses at which a juggler performs during the new mass. The world has seen priests celebrate the new mass with Dorito chips, with Mountain Dew, on a cardboard box with cookies, with Chinese tea accompanied by ancestor worship, with a basketball as a priest bounces it all over the altar, with a guitar as the priest plays a solo performance. The world has witnessed the new mass with a priest almost totally nude as he dances around the altar, with priests no. dressed in native pagan costumes, H to the with no. a Jewish menorah placed on the altar, with a statue of Buddha on the altar, with nuns making offerings to female goddesses, with lectors and gift bearers dressed up as voodoo Satanists. H to the the no. world has seen the new mass at which the performer is dressed up in a tuxedo and tells jokes. The world has seen rock it's concerts at the new mass, guitar and polka new masses, a puppet new mass, a new mass where the people gather around the altar dressed as devils, a new mass where people perform lewd dances to the beat of a steel drum band. The world has seen a new mass where nuns dressed as pagan vestal virgins make pagan offerings. The world has also seen new masses incorporating every false religion. There have been Buddhist new masses, Hindu and Muslim new masses, new masses where Jews and Unitarians offer candles to false gods. There are churches where the entire congregation says the mass with the priest, where the priest sometimes talks to the people instead of saying mass. I mean, this is so heretical and evil. And we're being told that this is fine. Zero regulation. Traditional Latin Mass, extreme regulation. I want everyone to go over, go to Complicit Clergy. And I want you to, to subscribe to them. I'm not even subscribed. All right, everybody, y'all going to watch me subscribe to Complicit Clergy right now. I just subscribed. Oh, they want me to sign in. All right, I'll sub I'll subscribe, Complicit Clergy. Everybody go to Complicit Clergy, subscribe, and watch this video. It's called Novus Ordo versus Tridentine Mass, which has been more abused. And they're calling out this abusive relationship with cardinals and popes and monsignors and their apps and their appletinis and their leopard print furniture promoting this nonsense while they try to regulate traditional Catholics trying to attend the Latin Mass as it has been done for over 1,500 years. That's gaslighting. It's wrong. It's abusive. You want more? Here's a little more. If cataloged as just a tiny sampling of the kind of thing that occurs in every diocese in the world where the new mass is celebrated Insane. to one degree or another, well, let's put a our Lord tells us by their fruits Buddhist. you shall know them. It is disgusting. And then, just so you know, then you fast forward and look what you see. Wow, this is dignified. 
Mm, this reminds me of our Lord Jesus Christ. There he is on the crucifix. We're using gold because God is precious and gold was used in the Old Testament to signify divinity. Our Lady of Fatima on the left side of the screen right here. Men, investments that are dignified. Young men, not girls. Young men holding torches to honor the real presence of Jesus Christ. Genuflecting, incense, silence, prayer, communion on the tongue. All these things. So go watch this video, Complicit Clergy, Novus Ordo versus Trinity Mass. It pretty much sums it all up. We are an abusive relationship based on double standards. Let's talk about another double standard. Father Altman, he's suspended. He's getting kicked out. of. He got 30 days getting kicked out of his house with his parents who are 91 and 90. He's in lacrosse, Bishop Callahan, who's a coward. Meanwhile, this priest, make it smaller, Monsignor Burl, he's been promoted, Monsignor Burl. This guy resigns after sexual misconduct allegations. He is in the, he's in the same diocese as Altman. He's not suspended. He's not restricted. He's embarrassed because he's on a gay app for several years going to bath, a bathhouse in uh, Las Vegas. According to the article, I believe it was the Washington Post or Wall Street Journal. Going to private residences, going to clubs associated with this lifestyle. How'd they find it out? Well, they it's anonymous, but they found someone who works at the USCB during the day and in the evening is at his residence. And then when he travels, he does all these things using the app. And people are now asking, well, if Monsignor Jeffrey Burrell, who resigned after being engaged in sexual misconduct on the job, he's not in trouble. There's crickets and silence from the Bishop of La Crosse, Wisconsin. But Father Altman is suspended. And what did Father Altman do that was so wrong? He was divisive, my friends, according to the bishop. He was divisive and his tone was off. So if you're divisive and your tone is off because you preach in defense of the unborn, you celebrate the traditional Latin mass, you call out corruption in the church, that divisiveness and that tone will get you suspended and kicked out of your home. Your parish won't have a pastor for the administrator while they figure things out. But you can be in a serial sexual misconduct lifestyle. Apparently, nothing's going to happen. I was talking to Father Altman, texting before I went live on this show. And he said something. I said, can I quote you on that, Father Altman? I'm about to go live on a show. And he says, not only can you quote me, because he said, I can only shake my head. Then he said, not only can you quote me, you can also say this. This is from Father Altman. 
They didn't cancel child molesters and they continue to cover up for those who covered up. But they come down like lightning if you criticize them justly. They are indeed a brood of vipers. And as to their false interpretation of obedience, which Father Altman put in quotes, and as to their false interpretation of obedience, obedience does not mean blind subservience. Further, they are the ones who have disobeyed Almighty God by withholding from the faithful the Holy Eucharist and other sacraments. They are disobedient, not me, Father Altman. He gave me permission to read that on today's show. Father Altman got canceled. These guys, this guy right here on the gay app, he was the general secretary of the USCCB. He was the highest guy in there who wasn't a bishop, the highest priest in it. Previously, he was doing formation at the NAC. What's the NAC? North American College. It's our seminary in Rome for American seminarians. Usually, if you go to the NAC, you're going to be a rector of a seminary. You're going to be a monsignor. You're probably going to be a bishop. That's where they send the best of the best, the creme de creme, to the NAC in Rome. This guy was doing the formation, spiritual formation for the seminarians who are going to go on and be the leaders of the American church and be the bishops. Guys, this is a full infiltration. It is not a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy because they are inspiring against God and his anointed, the Lord Jesus Christ. They are conspiring against the truth. They're conspiring against Christ, who is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. They're conspiring against the Latin Mass, and they're conspiring against the people trying to live and be disciples of Jesus Christ. And they are taking your money and hiring these guys who don't seem to get in trouble. Father Altman is sacrificial and administers the seven sacraments during the pandemic, speaks boldly, preaches, and he's the one who gets sidelined. This is an abusive relationship. Now I'm going to circle back to Pope. Oh, is there anything else I want to say on? Oh, yes, there is one more thing I want to say on the grinder situation. And that is the response of James Martin. Let me see if I have the... Uh, think I do. His tweets. Because James Martin, who is a Jesuit, he says that the problem is not the lifestyle of the priest. The problem is that he was outed by the pillar. And props to the pillar for getting that done. I don't know exactly how y'all did it, but it's pretty impressive. There was even a record number of people leaving the Grinder app last week because they realized, uh-oh, people can figure this out. Oh, here's the tweet. I was looking for it and I just found it. This is James Martin. Let me pop it on the screen for you. James Martin says, this is on Twitter, 
This is a disgrace, spying on bishops and priests to see if they're being chased and celibate. Why not spy on lay teachers at Catholic schools? Why not spy on all parishioners? If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? Now, there is a distinction between teachers at Catholic schools and lay people. None of us should be living in a double standard hypocrisy. But when you're the general secretary of the USCCB, and the official stance of the USCCB is that homosexuality is disordered, as it says in the catechism, that right there is hypocrisy. I read an article, it was from the point of view of a gay author, and he was so upset that this man, this Monsignor, is himself a homosexual, working for an institution that says homosexuality is sinful, and yet he's living this life. So this homosexual man was upset about the hypocrisy for Monsignor Burl, just like on the flip side, traditional Catholics are upset by the double standard and the hypocrisy. It seems that the only person who is not upset is James Martin. And James Martin, by the way, is appointed by Pope Francis, Pope Francis on the dicastery for communications. He is an official spokesman for Pope Francis in the Catholic Church. Whether you like it or not, guess what? You're being gaslit, gaslit, gaslighted or gaslit. They are gaslighting you. And this is an abusive relationship. What do you do in an abusive relationship? Many would say, well, you leave the relationship. How does that work when you're a Catholic and you're supposed to be in communion with the one holy Catholic and apostolic church? First off, we never leave our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. He is our God. He is our Savior. He knows about all of this, and he is not happy about it. So you can't leave your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't leave your relationship with the Blessed Mother or the saints, with the angels in heaven. Those relationships are non-negotiable. Now, when it comes to here on earth, our relationship, in a way, Thomas Aquinas would say, is twofold. There is the connection in communion with the Pope and our local bishop. It is real, it is formal, but it does not imply that we must obey Every single thing. Why? Because the Catholic Church has always taught that obedience has limits. I think complicit clergy maybe made this meme too. Man, complicit clergy is on fire. Props to them. Obedience has limits. The Pope says, or your local bishop says, uh, I want you to trample that crucifix to show uh, your loyalty to me. You say, H the no. I'm not going to do it. No. Not doing it. If they say, I want you to read this Bible um, that I added two books to, you don't read that Bible. If they say, I want you to attend this Mass that is scandalous, I want you to attend this Mass where there are um, almost naked people gyrating around the altar, and if you don't do it, you're going to miss your Sunday obligation 
and commit a mortal sin, they tell you to do that, you say, no, obedience has limits. I am I'm not taking my family to the Novus Ordo Mass where there's uh, people in uh, hardly dressed, gyrating around the altar. I'm not going to a mass that has a puppet show in it. Well, yeah, but Taylor, it's all, it's valid. Look, the Eastern Orthodox have valid. There are priests who have left the priesthood or are doing, in the Episcopal Church now, or are doing married priesthood on the side. They have valid sacraments too. It doesn't mean that you're obliged to go to it if it is destructive to your faith. Obedience has limits. They will continue to persecute us if we don't raise our voices and resist respectfully. Back to my point, there's a twofold connection to the church on earth. One is this formal idea of communion. Am I in communion with the Pope? Am I in communion with the Apostolic See, Rome? And am I in communion with my local bishop? Yes, yes, yes. For me, Taylor Marshall, that's a check, a check, and a check. Yes. Do I lay down and let them walk all over us and command us to do bad things and let them hurt and persecute good people? For example, persecute Father Altman who has done nothing worthy of a suspension, as far as I know. No. That's why I'm here on YouTube making a podcast. That's why there's people here on YouTube listening to this podcast. We know we are in an abusive relationship. So it's not like we can leave and get a formal divorce from the abusers. We have to maintain our connection with the visible church. Yeah, but that Taylor Marshall guy is such a sede. I am not a sede. Listen to what I'm saying right now. You must be in communion with the one true church. But you can resist. doesn't mean that every single thing the Pope says or even decrees and puts into the Acts of the Apostolic See is good. We are not robots blindly following decrees no matter what they are from Pope Francis. So, this is the R&R position. Recognize and resist. You recognize the visible church. You recognize the visible hierarchy. But just like Paul in Galatians 2, he says, I resisted St. Peter to his face because he was to be blamed. The actual Vulgate there uses the Latin version of resist. He resists him. That's how we're Catholic right now. That's how we deal with an abusive relationship. Let me tell you something. If Monsignor Burl, where is he at? Here he is. If this guy was the general secretary of the USCCB and was on his grinder app almost every day for years, going to a bath, bathhouses and clubs, 
in 2021. Three years after the summer of shame. Yeah, three years. In D.C. And Cardinal McCarrick was the Cardinal of Ar uh, Archbishop of D.C. And was never checked. Never formally disciplined publicly. Apparently, according to Vigano, Benedict did some restriction. And apparently, Francis loosened that restriction. But to the public, nothing was done. You are in an abusive relationship. These clowns, this guy who was doing formation at the knack in Rome, is the rotten fruit produced by the system of Cardinal McCarrick inside the church. It is a cancer. You would think, after the summer of shame in 2019, let me get my years right. I think so. 18? The summer of shame, this stuff would start getting rooted out. No, surprise, surprise, it's not. It's deeply inside the church right now. And it took the pillar to get the data and to expose, checkmate. That's just one, though. Don't think because McCarrick got busted, largely from Vigano and James Grind, and then this guy got busted. That those two now it's all good. Mm -mm. The USCCB is rotten. The USCCB is rotten, and shame on them. And they're gonna try to gaslight us, and while they do it, tell us to give them money. No, no. So we're not in a position where we can divorce ourselves from the Catholic Church. But we are in a position to make an intervention. You know, sometimes when you're in a family and there's a family member who's in a destructive lifestyle, whether it's sexual, sexual, alcoholic, drug-related, gambling-related, sometimes the family has to unite together, make a plan, and perform an intervention we need an intervention. I'm not real big into polls, and I'm, I certainly am not really big into, um, um, what do you call it? I haven't eaten lunch today, so I'm, I'm, I'm not getting my words out. Um, when everybody signs this thing and you give it to someone. I can't believe I can't remember the word right now. I'm not into that. But I do think we have to raise our voices to our bishops I have discovered, I used to not think so much about it, but phone calls and letters actually do move the needle. What it does is, is when a thousand letters come in, as we've seen in like lacrosse, it's not just the bishop uh, having someone say something to him. There's an actual pressure on the entire diocese and all the staff that they realize it's not something that you can hide anymore. The secretary sees it. The vicar general sees it. Bishop, of course, sees it. Everybody sees it. A petition. It's a petition. That's the word I couldn't remember. Signing petitions. Because when you sign a petition, you get 100,000 people to sign a petition, and then you send it to the bishop, and then he's like, cool, thanks, and he throws it in the trash. Right? I think a petition is weaker than everybody writing. So I like to encourage y'all to do 
two things. One, I'd like you to write the Pope. You should write the Pope and say, in a kind way, no cussing, no trolling, nothing mean. You be kind, but you say, I, as a Catholic trying to follow Jesus Christ, am troubled by your restriction of the traditional Latin Mass. It's all you have to say. It's going to cost you 2 or $3 to send this to the Vatican. And I think we all need to do it. On my YouTube channel, there are 345,000 subscribers. That's a good group of people. Let's try to make it a million. But 300,000 letters in the Vatican post office is going to move the needle. And I think we need to do it. Maybe uh, later I can get the addresses and prepare that. And then also your bishop. Everyone should write their bishop and say, I really want to make sure that it's not your intention to restrict restrict the traditional Latin Mass and diocese. And then when it comes to this kind of nonsense, I think people need to write Bishop Callahan in lacrosse and say, how come you're kicking Father Altman out of a home and suspending him and Monsignor Burl, who's done something so much worse, has nothing public against him? I don't support that. That is a hypocritical double standard being applied to the priests in your diocese. And it reveals something wrong with your diocese and with your, I was going to say management skills, but we shouldn't even be using those terms with our bishop. Pastoral skills, being a shepherd. So, we have to be vocal and we have to make an intervention. Now, when you make an intervention, let's say Uncle Rick is an alcoholic. Getting everybody in the living room and bringing Uncle Rick in and then saying, Rick, you're such an SLB. I can't stand you. You're a drunk. Uh, you've had three DUIs. You wrecked your truck. You're such a piece. You know, that's not a real good intervention. I, I doubt Rick's going to be like, you know, guys, you're right. I'm, I'm a horrible horrible drunk. What you do on an intervention is you say, Uncle Rick, we love you. We're concerned for you. If you continue on this road, it's going to be bad. Now, let me tell you, bishops who continue on the road of hypocrisy, cowardice, double standard, persecuting good people, they're on the road not just to unhappiness in this life, but eternal unhappiness in the fires of hell. Gehenna which never ends. The whole dare we hope theology or there's only like three people in hell is complete baloney. It's not Catholicism. If you believe that or if you've been told that, I'm sorry, you have to not believe that. Christ speaks of people in hell. The book of Revelation, the apocalypse, shows people in hell. Christ says that the way, the road, the gate... To hell is wide, and the way, the road, the gate to heaven is narrow. This is basic biblical understandings of things. We have to make an intervention, like we would with Uncle Rick, the alcoholic, and say, you're on a path. It's leading to destruction. You're going to lose your marriage. You're going to lose your kids. You're going to lose your job. You maybe will get in a wreck and lose your life. We are going to get you into a program. We are insisting on it. 
this is the right way. It must happen. I don't know what exactly that looks like for the bishops. We can't say, hey, we're sending you into heretical modernist program, modernist anonymous. But we do need to say, and we can, according to Canon 212 and Canon Law, we have a deep concern for the way the USCCB is operating and continues to operate. We have a deep concern for Pope Francis and the Vatican and the way they are operating. And we have a deep concern in some dioceses, not all, some people have better dioceses than others, of things that are going on in this diocese right now. And we also have deep concerns for what's going on in certain orders, like the Paulists and the Jesuits, which seems to be a hotbed of, you know what. All right. So, pray the rosary every day. If you don't pray the rosary, you're not on the team. Attend the traditional Latin Mass. Read the Bible every single day. Invite five new people to your traditional Latin Mass. Find at least one new person at the traditional Latin Mass and make them feel welcome. Write a letter to Pope Francis. It'll take you five minutes. It's going to take you three minutes to find the address, five minutes to write it, and $2 to send it. You're going to have to spend 10 to 12 minutes. It'll be worth it. Let's get 300 letters in the Vatican Post Office. Write a letter to your bishop. If he said, hey, I'm going to keep the traditional Latin Mass in my diocese, write a letter and say, thank you. That means a lot to me as a member of your diocese, and I mark it well. If he didn't do that, write him a letter and tell him that. And then I think when it comes to these kind of situations with Father Altman and Monsignor Burrell, write a letter to that bishop. Make an intervention. All right. Please like this video with the thumb up. Please share it on Facebook. And please subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. Enough of these double standards. I hope that my children and my grandchildren grow up in a church where this nonsense doesn't happen. We're not leaving. We're staying. And we're having more babies. And we're having more grandbabies. And we're going to start inviting all of our neighbors and our friends to the traditional Latin Mass. We're going to start reading traditional catechisms and traditional Bibles. We are going to stay and grow. And you guys are going to be judged, condemned, and die off. Because we root ourselves, our faith, in Jesus Christ, crucified, risen again on the third day. We believe, we actually believe in all. See, Pope Francis says, oh, when Jesus, you know, fed the 5,000, it was the miracle of sharing this kind. No, we actually believe Jesus does miracles. It's not all modernism. It's not all revision. We actually believe the traditional Catholic faith. All right. Pray the rosary every day. I'm looking for my uh, Our Lady the Rosary. Oh, there she is. I had a uh, computer breakdown. There she is. Pray the rosary every day. I love that picture of Our Lady. Pray the rosary every day. I'm recording a Latin rosary, so you can listen to the whole rosary in Latin. If you want to learn more about the rosary, I encourage you to get my book, Rosary in 50 Pages. It's a history and a theology on why pray the rosary and how to pray the rosary. Check that out. All right. What else do I need to say? I think that's everything. So remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. 
So go out there and be salty. Happy Feast of St. Anne.